Hey, Pride fam, get ready for a brand new episode of Pride the, the Podcast. Podcast. Featuring special guests from the Grammy Award winning duo, A Great Big World, Chad King. So grab yourself a treat and take a little time to hang with Pride. Studios for having us back for another episode. Yes. Uh, I'm Adam Andrew Rios. I'm Mr. Braden Bradley, and apologies for the way I sound. I'm a little bit under the weather, but I'm negative. COVID related. <laughs> kind of sexy. <laughs> and other things. Sounds kind of sexy. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'm Ashley Mitchell. Did you plan it? He's going to want you to suck I was going to say. Right. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. And that nasty voice is Darrell Anthony. Hi, Ooh. guys. Hi. Hi. So what's been going on, guys? Well, to start it off, um, Adam and Brayden, I'd like you to leave set, please. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) And we'll be right back. No questions. (laughs) No, okay, listen. So, late breaking news today. The View, I don't know if any of you guys saw, but they asked them live to have Anna Navarro and Sonny Hostin to leave in the middle of the show. Mm -hmm. And they were being very cagey about it. But what I have to say, and... I want to kind of hear you guys' opinion. I think it was a little bit of a TV stunt because that's actually not how it works. Like, working for networks and stuff, there's no way that they wouldn't have been able to get on that set without a negative COVID test. So what was right. the reasoning yeah. for that? So, so unless they have to do a rapid test right before they go on stage. And maybe that came back negative, but you do know. But I don't think that that's acceptable because they should all wait to the motherfucking results before they go sit in the same vicinity with each other. Right, right. yeah. I now, mean, that's how all, it operates. This so. was all a I mean, I don't Absolutely. think I don't think Vice President uh, Harris was actually there, and oh, also really? I think that it's it's just very weird how it handled. And they were like, "Oh, we wiped off the tables and did this," and I'm like, "All right, but like, Joy is a woman of an older age. She'd hate me saying that. Sorry, Joy, if you're listening. She'd say it herself. She would, but mm-hmm. she." I mean, that's kind of dangerous. So I wonder if The View is actually going to go back to doing virtual now. Well, I think it was all a stunt for people to get vaccinated because as soon as Kamala came on virtual, because we all know she wasn't mm-hmm. on set. Yeah, she was all there. a stunt. She said, thank you for being so on top of COVID-19 restrictions. This is why everybody should get vaccinated because you don't know. But I'm summarizing. But yeah. the whole like spiel of introducing Kamala, her first thing was speaking about vaccines. Yeah. Yeah, I just think I think it's a little odd, um, and I, I really hate it because that gave a lot of people on Twitter, especially who dislike the View, because a lot of people who watch the View slash hate the View end up being like a lot of Republican people, and that's, they that sort of thing kind of backfired. That, yeah, and I'm just like, ooh, I don't know if like this is going to be good. Uh, but I definitely keep my eyes and ears to the streets. And Sunny and Anna <laughs> didn't even ask questions. They just, okay. Right. Yeah, and that's right. unlike them. That's they were pre- Especially unlike 
Anna. Yeah. Because she don't friends. do that. She'd be like, what would happen? Like, I would have, like, ducked under the table thinking it was a bomb threat or something. I mean, that's how it came off to me. Like, somebody was in the building or somebody asked for them at the front or they had done something bad. And it happened to be, sorry, guys, the two Latina women who were asked to leave, which oh, adds a little bit extra layer to it. And pe- I saw a lot of comments on Twitter that are like, so... These women who hang out and they're in the green room together and they hug and they spend all this time together. Yeah. Joy and Sarah didn't. They didn't want to just end the whole show. Like, or, or. well, it's funny that happened yeah. because two hours earlier on live with Kelly and Ryan, they mm-hmm. had I think it was Vanessa Hudgens on, and she Vanessa went in to lean in for a hug, and Kelly said, "We can't hug. We'll hug in the green room when we're not on TV." Well, you've said it now. I was like, damn. (laughs) And then this shit happens on The View right after it, two hours later. Yeah, and I was really excited because I really wanted to hear uh, Vice President Harris's response to what's going on at the border. Uh, We've been, I've been seeing all of that. It's very, very weird. And if you look at the photos of it, it looks like something out of a history book, even though it's present. How do you guys feel about that? I mean, we've been like, the clock has been going backwards for a few years now. And I guess they just want to keep on going. Like, it's it's almost, like, unbelievable. But at the same time, you're like, this doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, the images are very shocking. You have it's a bunch of white cops disgusting. chasing and whipping black people on, um, horses. on horses. That's very yeah, odd. and then I think um, the press secretary gave a statement where, like, Jen? the horses, Rocky. yeah, they were like, horses are no longer going to be used at the border because of the... Um, way that they were being used. Mm. And it was like, the horses weren't the problem, sis. Right. That wasn't the issue that we had. Let's start at whips. I just am let's, very shocked. Let's start it there. Let's take those away. I'm very shocked that the Biden administration and the Democratic Party aren't doing more to mm-hmm. control. Like, And I hate saying that, being a Democrat. Like four years ago when we wanted to build the wall, we were the Democrats were all up in flames about not building the wall, obviously. And now we have a metaphorical wall with horses and whips, but everyone from the Democratic side seems to like not want to do anything about it. It's yeah, because it was just they were, they were just they were just talking points for the election. They weren't really right. going to do anything. Like, why haven't they gone down to the border yet? Well, because you know Kamala why. already said, "Don't come." You remember that speech? She, yeah, she, yeah. she said, "Don't she come." She and said, "Now she's got to be. Now she got to back it up." <coughs> yeah. So. I don't know. It's crazy, but it's all messy, and it's like, yeah, you know, the same thing was happening in the Trump administration, but for some reason, everyone was up in arms about it then. Now well, it's kind of like I don't know. I think at least from the Haitians, I think their mentality—not that I know it's a fact—but I'm sure Sonny Hostin, who's positive, would have a legal note for this. I hope so. I think that because they have the sense that out Biden's president and Trump is not, themselves as an immigrant have more of a safer, would have a safer status in America. Sure. Because the fear of Trump is theoretically gone in their eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I mean, that could very well be it. I just think the (coughs) images and the photos, you know, there are so many children who are seeing this now that are younger, and there there are people who have questions. Mm -hmm. And I do know that President Biden did make um, a note on Twitter saying, you know, he needs to answer for this. Adam, you had read Yeah, it was on ABC News. It was mm-hmm. like, um, I take full responsibility for what's happening down at the border. Trump said that? No. Okay, President I was going to say, he took responsibility for <coughs> yeah. No. That'd be great. Right. No. He didn't take responsibility for anything. No. No, nothing. Not one thing. No. Well, he did say you could grab them by 
the you know what, which is why he, he did, he did own that. that. He did own that, which is why Chris Cuomo is in a little <gasps> bit of trouble. Oh yeah, I saw him trending, but I was scared to even click. Oh, well, I, I sent it yeah. to the group chat. Yeah, you were saying Adam that he like just grabbed. <laughs> so he ran up to his like boss. I think they were at a party, and he was just like. They were probably like kikiing, and he like grabbed her ass like in front of her husband. Oh, yeah. and then I you know think he like a, he like referred to it as like a um, like a, a hefty <coughs> gesture or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And then in like a later emails to her, it was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I'm ashamed of my behavior." X Y Z. So I don't think anything is gonna come of it. He'll probably still have a job. He'll, he'll probably take two weeks off. No, I was gonna say, he, no. he'll be placed on administrative leave. He won't because it's Cuomo NN. It's CNN. Cuomo right. NN. He <laughs> That's has, really well Cuomo done. Cuomo NN. Like he, he basically <laughs> runs the roost at CNN. Yeah. And, and also Cooper, Anderson Cooper, CNN. Yeah. Speaking of CNN, so sorry. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say that at what point are we going to realize that when people are. At work, we all heard, heard a thing about having work crushes. I mean, we all have a work crush or have in the past. These are grown people, and, and I think that they're still in that mentality that they can just be flirtatious at work because when you spend, mm-hmm. like, more time at your job than you do home, which is nine out of ten people, I mean, like most of us do, we spend more time with those we work with, you do develop those flirtations and those lines do get blurry. And you know, I'm a very sexually person. I talk sexual, and, like, I've definitely had to, like, realize the lines and, like, Sometimes people can be very much on board for it one day to flirt and to mm-hmm. say something dirty, and the very next day you say something, that same thing you said the day before, and they're like, I'm going to HR because I don't like it. So do we just all stop? Because we should, but yes. we know that's not going to happen. <laughs> but, 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 but we should, yes. we should, but we know that's not going to happen. So how do you get in an environment where you know who and who not to joke with? I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying that think about the world where, I mean, like, you can't stop that from happening at restaurants, like in the restaurant industry and, like, hospitality. That's literally what happens. You should. You absolutely should stop it, and you should not put people in unsafe positions. But I'm talking about the people who they think it's okay to joke one day, and the next day they're like, oh, you can't tell me that I look beautiful. You can't tell me I'm hot and my arms look like this. And I'm not saying that's necessarily what happened with him, but I've seen and heard stories, so I'm just trying to see, like, at what point is I mean, even now, we still have comments from people. People still do this. Well, I'm on Zoom all day, and the only crush I got is the Microsoft wizard who wants to help me autocorrect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it, well, now I think that some of that is being let up by people not being in the office or having to see their coworkers every day. You don't right. have those situations, but... You know, when you work in a building, like especially I worked in a WeWork, we would have people come around all the time and they'd be like, hey, and X, Y, and it's just like, okay, but then you have to realize, like, listen, I don't know this person. This person could very well easily be happy about it right now and, like, and you know, not another day, but I'm glad that Cuomo did write an email. See, so that makes me think that he knew his behavior was wrong. Of course. Like, he knew his behavior was wrong enough to write an email, even if in the moment he felt they were all joking and that yeah. she, she didn't take offense to it in the beginning. So mm-hmm. it's like... You thought about it because you knew it would get out. I don't know. Like, CNN has all of those HR meetings that, like, educate their employees on what not to do. So, like, either he didn't know or either he did know and chose to just do it anyway. And And then he's upset that he got caught. What are we going to do, though, to stop this behavior? Like, just having, like sexual harassment seminars in the workplace Mm -hmm. that just lets you know what you should and shouldn't do but that doesn't get to the core issue of like why are people acting this way yeah you know and it's just like we have to there has to be something done 
to change like the way people are raised. Maybe it's all about work life. It's, it, I think it's work-life like, balance. You work this amount of time, and then during your personal time, you can get all that energy out. So maybe we need to increase all the personal time so all these horny I mean, white I, bastards get their energy out that way. Uh, I Yes, I hear that. Um, that can definitely improve, but I think it really at the core of it, it's like we need to start teaching people to be better mm-hmm. like yeah. and teaching them that like it's not okay at a very young age. Because people yeah. grow up seeing things like that, hearing someone like Trump say, like, all right, just grab by the pussy. It's yeah. all okay. Like, you well, know, I mean, that that makes an impact on people when you hear that at a young age and you're like, it is okay. So, like, what's the problem? I mean, and, but, you know, going back to that work-life balance and situations, like, not all situations end up bad because I have several coworkers who are now married to the person that they met at work. Mm-hmm. And obviously, no, how, and, and obviously how, when they met them at work, of course they said, you're beautiful. They, there was lines that had to be crossed in order for them to get married. So that's those trying to figure that out. Like, I think that if that's the case and you find someone that you like at work, it should be, hey, would you like to go out to dinner or drinks or sometimes? Well, and like, make don't sure. Be creepy. And, and make yeah. sure. Right. And make sure you're not trying to use it in a way like, well, if you be with me, I can get you higher up. Like, that's right, the kind that's of creepy. shit that's like. <laughs> gets Maybe into actually, those. to your point, what we should do at a young age is teach etiquette classes. Yes. So, like, mm-hmm. individuals know how to properly yeah. communicate with people, and there's a proper yeah. place and time. Yeah, because and the no when no means no. Unfortunately, not everybody has, like, a set of parents that can teach them. Sometimes it's, like, the parents' fault. Sometimes it's not the child's fault. I mean, yeah. the parents fault sometimes it's only a single parent and they work so much they don't have time to instill like certain yeah. ideals mm-hmm. in their children so this should be like etiquette classes at a certain age mm-hmm. to teach you like the proper way of life because yeah. you might not necessarily get it from your parents or your guardian right. yeah mm-hmm. and yeah I, th- I think that also going into that like we have to get back to the birds and bees conversation because a lot of people <laughs> i mean i have to say i don't think a lot of people are taught enough about sex because that's why people get up to these points of wanting to rape or take advantage or all of that because they aren't, they're so starved for sex. I mean, how many people have shown up at schools with guns talking about, oh, this, I asked this girl out and she told me no, so I'm going to shoot up the whole school. Like, no one with a right mind literally does that. Like, and it's so much so. Yeah, etiquette classes yeah. and really working on teaching people yeah, how to Yeah, like, I mean, like, the sex ed conversation, I mean, uh, you've seen so many times they try to take that out of schools. They do. You know, just to try to teach abstinence, which I'm like, that is so silly. Yeah. You can teach abstinence, abstinence while still educating people about sex. Because it's going to happen. Right. Those teenagers to control their hormones. Yes. They are not going to be abstinent. No. no. I mean, listen, they're trying to take a lot of things out of school. They, you know, some people want to take prayer out of school. Some people want to take religion. Um, They feel like what you're watching on television sometimes, like, can bring the devil in. Um, As you guys know, I've been watching my devil. (laughs) Okay, hold that thought, because I was going to say about CNN. Oh, so so please, yes. I just got back from D.C. on a whirlwind 72-hour Adam is on location, baby. Yeah, so (laughs) I got to go to D.C. Wasn't quite sure what I was filming, but then once I got there, I realized, so 10 current and former black women officers sued D.C. police claiming racial and sexual discrimination. Mm -hmm. I got to work the press conference that broke this story. Yes. Yes, Adam. Yes. 
That was, that where's was the, the congratulatory uh, horns? Ooh, 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 you can't ooh, talk ooh. and press a button at the same time. I can't even. I can't. Yeah, no, it was amazing. Like hearing these women's stories and um, all the, the shit that they had to go through. It was just very, very sad. But it was very empowering that, like, you know, their, the way their attorneys spoke for them and the way they spoke for um, of themselves um, was just like, okay, let's do this, lady. It's time to get information. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but it was, yeah, like I said, it was, it was sad to hear, like, all the shit that they had to endure. Um, claiming, yeah, racial and sexual discrimination, mm. a hostile workplace, and a culture of intimidation. So, wow. Yeah. Did they take selfies? Selfies? Remember when the, the, Insurrection and the Capitol Police were taking selfies of the rioters. Seems to be a thing. No. What? You don't remember that? Yeah, I remember the insurrection. I don't understand what you're talking about about selfies. The right are the Capitol Police with the rioters. Yeah. Take selfies. Oh, so like were the police were the Capitol Police being like disrespectful to what was going on and taking like selfies like while they're yeah. trying to have a serious like press conference? Like was anybody being disrespectful? Oh no, it was no. There wasn't anyone disrespectful at the press conference. Good. Yeah. No, there yeah. was no like protesting or anything. No, it was it was like a small little conference room. Oh, it was a conference room, so they wasn't outside. No, because okay. it was raining. Ah. Yeah. So was everybody vaccinated? Adam is the COVID Exactly why we on. say that, um, whatchamacallit, the was, view was a little bit the, bullshit. Right. right. Because everybody has to be vaccinated. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, before we get to the devil, I'll do that a little bit later. I want to, like, go back. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to the devil. But I do want to talk about uh, Gabby Petillo. Um, her body was found, you know, really, really want to give uh, love and energy to her family and friends because that's very, very horrible. Um, but there's been a lot of memes going around this week about that and how black and brown people aren't looked for. There was actually a gentleman, um, a, a couple of them, but very recently who had just graduated um, and he had went missing and they just found his body um, two days ago, I believe it was. And it's just very upsetting that we are at this point where we're still, we have so many black and brown people that are missing and they're not looked for, they're not talked about. Um, a lot of our brothers and sisters in the trans community are missing or killed and aren't talked about. So. How do you guys think that we'll be able to? Obviously, Soledad O'Brien um, is doing some things to try to help out. Is that Ashley is her proxy? Ashley is her proxy, right? Um, but but how do you actually after working on something like that? What can you tell us about like the struggles of Black and Brown missing and how it is compared to? I mean, someone? the missing white woman syndrome is like very real. Mm-hmm. It's like literally, I think it was what seventy Indigenous women had mm-hmm. gone missing in the past like year. And in that same location. At that same location, but we've only heard about Gabby. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like it's it's extremely sad because it's like again it goes back to like black lives matter. It's like black and brown lives they just don't matter to the mass majority of people. They just don't feel like our lives are worth fighting for. Well, I also think too not to give any excuse for this, but like one of the parts of the story was Gabby and her fiance were just, like recording their trip on YouTube, so like yeah. people were yeah. following them, and like they already had like this following fan base. So like whenever she went missing, her fan, her fans, quote unquote, were like, "Where is she?" And like the media picked up on that, which is like not fair, right? Yeah, it was it was because it was like a yeah, she was a social media yeah. influencer. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I hear all of that too, and I think that's very 
important that I just want to make a legal note for Passover. Uh, the gentleman who was missing, his name was Jelani Day, um, and also Daniel Robinson, and they both have been missing for up to two, up to three weeks. Sorry, and their families are pushing for answers because they were like, we were they were going to the police, and the police was like, mm. like you know, they gave them the whole like, well, they haven't been around. Like you have to give a certain Maybe time for every child. Yeah. Did they run away? Is there trouble at home? And they say that those questions aren't asked, even though people knew that Gabby and her boyfriend were having issues going back and forth, um, that some friends came forward about. So it's just, it's just really sad, and I just really wish, you know, I don't want to take away, and I want to make it clear to everyone listening, I don't want to take away from Gabby and her family and the tragedy that they're going through. I'm just looking for equal across the board right. for people to be, everyone to be looked for. I mean, it's just like, what about all these other families that got zero press? Yeah. yeah. Like, Z, nobody was looking for them, and it's just like, it's just not fair and at some point no matter who's missing we have to talk about this issue because it needs to be resolved it needs to be remedied like it's it's really really sad and like uh, i'm excited for like the project that i've been working on to come out because it's really going to shine a light on that and, good you know and hopefully more projects after they see this project will stem from that exactly exactly that's like i said miss uh, o'brien has several <laughs> Several hours in the fire. Adam right. works for Soledad O'Brien. <laughs> like, wow, Adam, that's good for you. I'm really proud of you. Fam. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, no, uh, someone at the press conference was, I was having them sign some stuff, and he was like, Oh, Soledad, how is she doing? I don't see her on CNN much. I was like, Oh, she's doing very well. <laughs> I said, she's got several irons in the fire. Like, she's got this project, a couple other projects going on right now. Is Soledad even supposed to be speaking about that? No, probably not. She's probably. What is his NDA? <laughs> Like, did you sign I didn't sign no NDA. Uh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be having to do with my coordinator, nah, Ashley. Well, no, that's right. what you were doing yesterday. Nigga doing all. All right, we'll be back right after this brief <laughs> message. No, we do have a message. What? The NDAs don't matter. Don't a lot matter. of people say, I just tear it up. I do you think Gretchen Carlson would have gotten her book out? She yeah. said, fuck your NDA. She did. Mm -hmm. She really did. Yeah. Hello, didn't you watch Bombshell? Duh. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, we were all on Team Megyn Kelly in that movie. And again, I mean, st yeah. still for her, like, not, not being sexually but. assaulted, like, that still stands. But the shit she done got on Twitter here lately. Fuck Megyn Kelly. Like. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> she done like. got on Twitter with her bad haircut. So let's get a refill and get ready for this next interview that we have coming up with Chad King of A Great Big World. Ooh. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to talk to him. I want to hear all about his experience with Christina. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> yes. And we will be right back. Okay. Hey, Pride fam, the wait is over. Pride the Podcast officially has merch. So get swagged out with your Pride t-shirts, totes, stickers, and so much more coming to dnrstudios.com. So show your Pride 365. All right, welcome black guys. Hi, guys. Oh, oh. my God. <laughs> I'm so excited. We have with us... From the Grammy Award winning duo, A Great Big World, Chad King. Hey. <laughs> Hello, Chad. Hi, Chad. How are you? 
Oh, it is so good to be here. It's so good to be here. Yay. I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Doing yeah. good. Where are you based right now? I'm in New York City. I'm well. I'm in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. Oh, we're, in, we're in New York as well. I'll be in Brooklyn tomorrow. <laughs> I gotta go. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, we live yes. in New York. Had we known, we would have done this in person. We we had the idea. We would have done that. We're just across the river in our studio. And just through the across woods. the river bend. <laughs> oh, you wait. You all are in one place right now. Yeah. 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 What? <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. Yeah, we're very You're all in separate windows right now. We I are. Know. We're very fancy. We have our own mics and our own camera individually. <laughs> Private Podcast has a budget. We do. Okay. We, we do. We do. That's so, so cool. Yeah, so Chad, listen, let's get into it. Like, So tell us a little bit about yourself, like how you came to be, how you formed with A Great Big World. Like, Give us a little bit of background for our listeners out there who may or may not know. Yeah, um, so I've been in the band for 15 years now. I've met my buddy Ian in college at NYU. Um, and once I met him, I knew there was something that we had to be, I knew we had to be writing together. He was, he was incredible, uh, incredible pianist. Uh, he was humming melodies and then I started managing him. I was like, you gotta be an artist. And then uh, I started managing him, and a few years later, I was like, you know what? We started writing, and a few years later, I was like, maybe I want to sing one of these songs, and then I did. Um, <laughs> so I sang one of the songs with him, and we played a show. He, at, at the time, he was playing shows, um, and uh, I, I guested on, on one of the songs, and at the end of the show, a lot of people... Uh, resonated with that song and then me and Ian just started writing songs for both of our voices and pretty soon it became something where I was like okay we should call this something this should be a band name and then we called it a great big world um, and then uh, uh, along the way say something was in there um, <laughs> and, 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 that, and that had its own success and then that then yeah I mean, I love it. I mean, you literally, your music is world-renowned. Like, I personally love Say Something, but I yes. love everything that you guys have done. I think your voice is like butter, <laughs> and it is so great to my ears, so I love it. Thank you. So where did A Great Big World come from? Like, what was the inspiration behind uh, it? Uh, it's a lyric in one of our songs called Cheer Up. And the, the lyric is, it's a great big world and there's no need to cry. And we were just like, you know what? All, most of our music is super positive, super honest, super heartfelt. Let, a great big world sounds and feels really good. Um, so we just went with it. And, and for a second, we were like, should it be a great big world or just great big world? And then we went with that. <laughs> I mean, your music is very hard. I'm yeah. telling you, like, anytime I listen to your music, like, my heart takes extra beats. Like, it feels good. It makes me feel good. So that that's... Come on! Yes. It is. I love it. I swear. <laughs> I love it so much. So you mentioned your partner, Ian, and you guys met at NYU at Steinhardt, right? Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So what was it about? Was it love at first sight? Like, did, <laughs> did you just see a great well, big world in his eyes? What was that connection that you guys had? <laughs> We, we were actually set up in the same group. We, we were in a music publishing class at NYU and we were set up in the same group. 
and Ian was really trying to get me to listen to him play piano in a practice room. He knew I already was writing music and a band in college. Um, I was really hesitant because I already had my friend group um, and and it was like junior year of college already. And I was like, I'm good, I'm good. I'm, I, don't, I don't need more friends right now. Anyway, Ian forced <laughs> yeah, yeah. me to hear him play the piano. And then once I heard him play, I was just like, what what are you doing what am i doing wait what are we doing <laughs> oh i love when those musical moments happen I do. yeah it's just like oh this is this is meant to be and then christina yes. joined the group <laughs> right she's an honorary member. yes like how, <laughs> yeah. how was it working with the legendary ex tina yeah say something oh my god that. yeah say something i mean <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable where, where we got to sing and collaborate with an icon and one of the greatest voices in the world. It's, it's really incredible. And when our manager called us up um, to say that, that she wanted to collaborate on Say Something before anyone really knew us, um, we were like we, we were laughing and 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 we were like you must be joking there's no <laughs> way why would christina Aguilera want to collaborate with us and then and then she wanted to and, <laughs> and, then, and a week later we were in la recording the song with her wow yeah. that's awesome yeah did she fly you out out in a, like a pj <laughs> Like uh, you know what? In a private jet. Oh, oh, PJ, got it, got it, got it. Um, uh, no, 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 no. You're like, nah, that. Wait, 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 wait. save that card. <laughs> yeah, right. I would do that. Well, y'all make me beautiful music together, and, and I love that you put uh, your other song together on your new album, Particles. Yeah. The album is Thanks. amazing. Yeah. And um, I was listening to today and I was like, wow, I really love all the like the strings and the classical elements that you guys put into your music. Like, it's very beautiful. I'm an opera singer, so I studied music oh. as well. So I really appreciate all of those elements. Um, did you guys uh, when you formed your group, did you always want to incorporate like that kind of music? Or was it something like once you guys met and you were just like, oh, yeah, like we're vibing together oh well when we so we um when we first met we were like we're we're destined to write a musical we need to write a musical i was and thinking then, that when i was listening to y'all's album i was like they need to write a musical <laughs> we, we, yeah, we're, we're definitely we're definitely working on something um oh, okay yeah. is that an but, exclusive uh, Friday podcast exclusive <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i guess sorry my my dryer, dryer went uh, oh Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Or, okay. Do you use hot um, water or cold water? Warm. What's, what's up? Hot water or cold water for your laundry? Oh no. Uh, wait. Oh, I do. Hot, well, it depends on on the load. You know, it. if it's a right. if it's a big load, I I just warm it up. And, yeah. Ooh, but are we talking like, about doing laundry? What are we talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Wait, is that what we, I thought you just transitioned. Oh, I, I mean, I was into it. I was like, what you're talking I about? I was literally concerned about the laundry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry to interrupt. Anyways, music. Back to music theory. Yeah, right, so, music so, theory. So, which I dropped out of. <laughs> right. Me, me and Ian, like, we always knew that, um, like, from the first album, is there anybody out there, um, uh, like, it's always been this orchestral, there's always been this orchestral piece to it. 
um, whimsical nature to it. And then with this album, Particles, that we just released, we wanted to like dive in more than ever before. And so it's super whimsical, super like orchestral. We, we yes. worked with a guy named Rob Moose on strings who orchestrated all the strings on every, like pretty much every single song that you hear strings on, on that yes. record, Rob mm-hmm. Moose did. And it's, I'm most proud of, of the sonic like landscape environment that we created on this record. Yeah. I, I love it. Um, one of the songs that really stuck out to me, obviously, uh, was Boys in the Street. Um, that's a that's a that's a tough one, and it it's really a beautiful. It, it, it is, and it really mm. hits home, and it makes you think about like growing up for myself, growing up young and gay in East Texas. It's like, yeah, people were telling me to stop kissing boys in the street, so I took it behind the bleachers. But um, <laughs> what what do you hope the message of of that song touches? Like, look, what do you hope it means to other people who are trying to come out and deal with themselves and their families? Yeah, I, I mean, so. I, I, it's actually not, we didn't write that, me and he did not write that song. Uh, our good friend Greg Holden wrote it and we were on tour with Greg and Greg played it at a show uh, and I was blown away. I never heard it before mm-hmm. and it, it touched my soul in a way that that no song has. And And I knew from then, I was like, we have to cover this. I need to cover this um, because I felt like kids need to hear this kids who are growing up uh, confused about their sexuality, they need to hear that there, there is, there is this that exists. Like, I wish I had something like this when I was growing up. Um, A song that just like made me feel less alone. And I feel like uh, I'm, this song is incredible. uh, And I, I love the production and I hope that the production, um, yeah, I hope the production also speaks to the songs, like message, because we want, wanted to keep the production super simple, super stripped, and mm-hmm. um, because the meaning behind the song is is what should come across. Yeah, this right. song is so special. Yeah, yeah, that's what I yeah mm-hmm. I loved about it was that it was stripped down, raw. There, you didn't need all the extra frills. The focus was on the storytelling. Exactly. Right. Yeah, it was yeah. 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 It really takes yeah. you through a whole story. Yeah. Yeah, I could visualize it. Like I was yeah. actually visualizing that happening. And like, I mean, you started at life to, to death. And mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I also think that's a way to deal with grief as well. You know, you finally at the very end you know, the son was able to connect back with the father, and it was just so beautiful. And we've listened to it multiple times. Spoiler today. alert! And and uh, I, that's yeah, why my eyes I've, are puffy. Right yeah, so been crying. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank Greg Holton. Yeah, thank you. That that's awesome. Thanks, Greg. That's, that's awesome. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> hmm. So that leads me to my question. So as you know, uh, that song is very powerful, and it sends a good message to kids. Um, and then there are some kids, you know, who want to study arts and you have parents who are not supportive, which I feel or the very lucky. Or the government. Or the government. Very that. And I feel very lucky and blessed that my parents were very supportive. Like, what is some like advice that you would give kids who, or parents more, you know, who have kids who want to be musicians, who want to be artists? Mm-hmm. Like, what would you, you know, say to them? You know, I... I... I feel like the I am I am happiest when I feel like I'm doing exactly uh, what I 
what my soul wants and needs. So I would say like, follow your heart. I know it sounds a little cheesy, but it's like, follow you. No one can do you like you. It's like, follow yeah. mm-hmm. exactly uh, what you um, feel called to do. If, if that is music, if it's singing, if it's playing, it's writing, whatever that is, you got to do it. You got to follow that. I know. And your parents want the best for you as much as they might be strict or something uh, about not doing it. Yeah. I would say there's, if that, if that is what you feel pulled to do, like there's gotta be a way you can make that a part of your life because um, I don't know, it'll, it'll come out eventually. Like, to be honest, I, I definitely suppressed a lot of my, <clears throat> like my passion for a very long time until like there was no way for me like in high school there was no way for me to like not do music honestly it was like once I once I started writing with Ian I thought I was just going to be a writer and then we wrote a song called this is the new year and there was there's a a, a line in there that's like say everything you've always wanted and when I sang and then I asked Ian if I could sing that line and then I sang that line and it felt like my life changed. It felt like this is what I need to be doing. I need to be singing. Yeah. So anyway, I know that's a long story, but the, no, just to it. say like, no. I mean, music yeah, could definitely like, do that. music is therapy, you know, and For like sure. when yes. you're an artist, it's, it's like when you're not performing and you don't have that creative outlet, then it's, it's torture, you know, and you need that outlet in, in order to have like a healthy mind and, and it's nice to spread that like love and the passion and, you know, pe- it's infectious. People can, can feel that it's, it's therapy. It's also yes. just good to like, Chad, you're a singer, obviously. And like, just to express your, I mean, you said it yourself when you suppressed, you were suppressing your feelings and it just came out in song from your own, mouth that god gave you as a vocal instrument like that's therapy within yourself mm-hmm. you know absolutely yeah so we mm. Corey and i were talking about that the other day about we were doing shows and we keeking about one of the shows that we did and it was like oh that was so much fun and <sighs> don't don't say you're about to come back to it no maybe come out of retirement no 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 i mean I, I think the music so chad one question i have for you about the current state of music. So, you know, we have all these new artists coming out. You have Lil Nas X, who's really making a splash. You have Olivia Rodrigo, Billie Eilish, just to name a few. What do you think about the way that music is changing? Do you think it's a great thing that it's ever changing? Or do you feel like some people might be, you know, doing things very weird? Like a lot of Lil Nas X has gotten a lot of pushback, even though I think he's great. How do you feel about where music is going now? Oh, I I, I love what Lil Nas X is doing. I think it's gonna change it is changing the world yeah. i mean just to be that forward and uh and free with you it's it's like it's telling the world that you can be and you should be and we all should be and so i think it's a beautiful thing um i you know i, I think as as i get older some parts of me feel like i don't understand what what like i don't know kids are or how kids are absorbing music are right now in terms of like <laughs> right like TikTok. TikTok. i haven't i haven't really got on board with TikTok. i just don't it's i'm just it's not it's not a part of me right um but yeah if you go to spotify top charts 
they're all TikTok artists yeah. that yes. are on the top of the yep. Spotify charts right now. And it's just like, okay, that's the state of the industry. And all I can do is like make the music that I feel like pulled to make and, and listen to. And yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty but sure I, and, and I feel the same. About just the, great. <laughs> I'm pretty sure though that I've heard some. Of your I was gonna say they have on TikTok. Yeah, I have. You, you're a TikTok. Oh yeah, you are a TikTok. Uh, yeah. There's, oh, yeah. there's like a TikTok like challenge. I'm pretty sure I've seen it. It's it, so it, funny that you bring that up because I was listening to Brooke Shields today on a podcast, and she was saying the same thing. She was like, "I'm not a TikToker." She's like, "I even have lost acting gigs from a TikTok star who has no." credit or clout in the industry so like tiktok is taking over which i yeah don't anyway yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean listen i think that you know it's always good for people to be able to express themselves um in whatever medium they can i know it doesn't seem fair but like listen this is the world we're in so adapt and get into it That's, i was gonna say yeah it's it, all yeah. about pivoting especially with the pandemic or don't if you don't want to yeah. Uh, or, yeah. Or, yeah or, if you don't, okay. Yeah. That's you can get left behind, but that's no. Okay. I'm gonna create my own <laughs> mm. new marketing. It's called uh, Pride the Podcast. Yeah. Who's here on it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chad, it's such a pleasure having you. I listen. Next time, you've got to get in the studio with us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would. I would love yeah. that. I would love that. It's so nice to be here. Thank you so much for for yeah for of, having me of on. Of course. Here. Thank you. Yes. So I have one more question before we like go. So now it is. Technically spooky season since the first day of fall was on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So I ask our guests, what is your favorite scary movie? Are you into scary movies? Are you into horror at all? <laughs> oh, but I'm not I'm not into scary movies. Oh, no. I, I, I just fine. I just don't I honestly like seeing see I get I I get scared so much that I don't wanna watch a scary movie. So so I like that. I just don't like blood or guns and things scary. or knives and i i just decide not to watch that asian ghost girls i I can believe it okay well then okay so what is one of your favorite uh seasonal activities at like Like, what is your favorite holiday or oh Oh, i mean i love i love christmas in new york yeah i think that that is one of my favorite times it's just it feel you could feel what christmas in new york is it's just the whole city changes and it's a beautiful thing and i love that every year i've been here for a long time so i'm real uh, i can't wait till and it's coming up it's coming up you believe it real quick people are just a little bit nicer I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. And I mean, things are like, uh, I guess they're going to do like what the tree lighting with the actual people. I there. think so. Yeah. Mariah Carey's still going to lip sync. She- hey, hey, yo. <laughs> the Thanksgiving Watch parade words is, now. will be happening live again. What, what will? The Thanksgiving Day parade. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, people, people are going to be nice. there. Yeah. Well, Chad, it's been so much fun kikiing with you for a little bit. Thank you for taking the time to chat with Pride the podcast. We really, really appreciate it. You've been so much fun to talk with. Yes. Thank you all. This is so awesome. We love it. This is a great. And we'll definitely have to get together and you come back and do this again soon. Yeah. Yes. Let's bring you in. <laughs> I would love. I would love to come in and meet you all. Go, yes, please. Go, we'll set it up. We'll go check up. that laundry. Take out all the delicates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. And Chad, let all of our <laughs> listeners know where they can check out Particles and also where they can find you and Ian on social media. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, Particles is on all the streaming platforms. Wherever you listen to music, Particles is there. Agreatbigworld.com. Um, yeah, Agreatbigworld. That's, 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 <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows. That's it. Everybody knows. Right, Google me. 
You are my spirit animal. This has been great, and we will definitely be speaking to you soon. Thanks, Chad. Okay, wonderful. Bye. Bye. Hey, Pride fam. We're so excited to let you know that Pride the Podcast now has merch. Showcase your pride 365 days a year with pride shirts, totes, stickers, and so much more coming soon to dnrstudios.com. So, show your pride 365. And he's finally realized I'm not lying. We sit in silence, but we're smiling. Because for once we are not fighting He says There was no way of knowing Cause all I was taught is Oh, thank you, Chad <laughs> King It's like lip trembling <laughs> Thank you, Chad King Of A Great Big World Yes Wonderful, Kiki That song was Boys in the Street Just just a little snippet Go check it out Stream particles wherever you stream your music. That's Apple Music, Spotify, yes. or wherever Amazon Music. Podcast. I think is a thing. Or yeah, wherever you stream your podcasts. Yeah, specifically do a double feature. Podcast. Listen to our podcast and then listen to their album. Have you yeah. heard that? It's very, it's very good, and I really, yeah, I'm just really happy that we were able to talk to him and like talk about the icon. I mean, Christina Aguilera and them working together. I can't so even. We basically about had it. Christina. On the podcast, we are one degree away from Christina. That's crazy. I mean, we kind of met her at LA Pride, and actually, kind of. she wrote to you. She did. She wrote she to did. me on Twitter, and that was very like, alert, alert, no, alert. Ashley wrote us. The she queen said, has written me. She said, "Y'all, wait, let's give the listeners some context." <laughs> okay, it's not like she handwritten you a letter and sent a dub. Yes, she did. She handwritten me a letter and straight sent it to by handwritten <laughs> by an owl. Hedwig uh, uh, delivered it to me. Oh, Hedwig. <laughs> no, I, what did she do? She retweeted or something? Yeah. I so her um her song Haunted House, mm-hmm. like my heart is a haunted house, ha- haunted heart. That's right. what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she came out with that two years ago, mm-hmm. almost two years ago. Wasn't yeah, it on shit. the album for um, for the Adams family, Adam's family? Yep. Which they're about to come out with the sequel. Wow. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah. So I had posted like a video of one of those like uh Snapchat filters where I was like a vampire and I did like to that song and I was like, ooh, Christina got me filling my oats and so I tweeted it and her added assistant. her. Uh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> no, Christina Aguilera saw my face and she said, Ooh, scary. I love it. And I was like, ah! <laughs> And I was like, Christina, I love you so much. She didn't reply. She blocked you. But she yeah, blocked she me. Right. <laughs> I was like, I love you so much. And I'm your biggest fan. And it was great. And I texted everybody. I was like, Alert, alert, alert. No, you did. You were at work. Yeah, and I posted it multiple times. And then, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was it. Yeah. So, she's, and then we saw yeah. her at LA Pride. We did. Um, that was crazy. Perform. That was one of those like nobody go anywhere because something. Yeah. That was when she happen. came with accelerate. That's it. Yeah. Oh, such Pick a good one. She was with what? Um, she came there yeah, with yeah. Um, <laughs> um, the drag queens and they were performing on stage. It was really really fun. Yeah, it was great. It yeah. was a little surprise thing though that we were lucky enough to have privy to in yeah. addition to that. Yeah. So we were like, don't go 
anywhere. Yeah, because we yeah. was about to like go eat some. It's like, don't leave these fairgrounds. Get your ass backstage. Right, okay. okay. I'm so glad we got to chat with Chad, though. He yeah. was so sweet. I know. Like, I wish we had known he was in Brooklyn. I know. I know. Like, we would have vibed even more in person. We would have asked him to Uber to the studio and not reimburse him for his, his uh-uh, transit. Don't be putting that shit out there. <laughs> shit. I would have definitely put it on my one of my cars. I would have put three cars. <laughs> I would have put it on <laughs> Ashley's... Um, my Amex. Yeah, <laughs> her solid ad entertainment Amex. She does have that. I do have that. I'm just rich, man. No. You're yes. not. We have some rich friends, though. We have some very wealthy friends. <laughs> we, we discussed earlier, Ashley's rich. Other friends are wealthy. Oh, right. what I are hope we? to be wealthy very I'm soon. I'm broke. I'm br- broke and in debt. <laughs> everybody, everybody calling my phone. Uh, they're like, hey, you owe it. Did I tell y'all something embarrassing that happened to me? Oh, God. I got to tell y'all, because I was going to tell the story the other day, and I think I maybe mentioned it. So, like, a year or two ago when I was in the office at work, they were we got this new account. Um, I can say it now. It's uh, MasterCard World Elite. So, at the time, I had a MasterCard World Elite card, and they were like, we want to test to see, like, is the, are the lines working and blah, blah. Well, somehow, my ass went into that to test the lines for them. We had all the CEOs on the phone. Everybody's on the phone. And they were like, all right, Daryl, you don't mind testing? I said, yeah, no problem. I hit the wrong button, and it said, account balance is. <gasps> and they said, this is how much you owe. You owe 4000 some some. And I was like, oh, my God. And every time I kept hitting back, it kept doing this. They say, last purchase was at the blue store. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm hitting this, and everybody on the line, I'm talking about the president of our company. For those who don't know, the, the blue store is a sex store here in New York. Yes, okay, right. Right. Uh-huh. And all Iconic. of these people were on the phone laughing. And so I was talking to one of my colleagues yesterday, and he was just like, remember when uh, we were all on the phone and MasterCard? Well, I said, you know what? Fuck this. I was like, this is really stupid. But yeah, they laughed at me for a minute. They should have paid off your debt. Brayden. Brayden, Todd, Marissa, Tomei, Bradley. Wait, don't say all my middle (laughs) names. Not Marissa, (laughs) Tomei. I told them. I said, y'all laughing and I need a raise. And they were just like, <laughs> and I was just like, ain't nothing funny. They, to this day, they ain't paid shit. But the car cut off. It's fine. So Move I have off. a question. <laughs> Are you paid it off? No, I said it. It cut, cut off. I'm making payment. I'm making payments. Um, so I, I have, have a question. No Ashley's rich. Uh-huh. Our friends are wealthy. Uh-huh. Adam is broke. What do you call someone that's just financially irresponsible? I'm just asking for a, a fool. No, for a, friend. <laughs> a fool. Okay. okay. So I mean, we there. we don't. Have, I mean, I'm rich in friends. I'm rich in oh, in, in yeah. that. I I love all that. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but other than that, everything else is kind of a dead. Great. Mm-hmm. That's why I said earlier. I was like, I'm rich in like friendships and relationships. Yeah, and spirit. Wow. Would you rather to be rich? Literally. In money, <laughs> yeah, I would. I would. Oh, of course, y'all. We didn't talk about this last week because you know UK Drag Race is about to come out, and obviously Canada Drag Race. Did anyone see what was happening with Jeffrey Bauer Chapman and why he really left? No, I heard some things. Please, yeah. So Jeffrey Bauer actually, he got a lot of criticism for his first season of RuPaul's Drag Race. A lot of people thought that he was overdoing it or putting on this character. Um, And he claimed that he left originally because he got a new job. Well, that was only half the truth because last week he came out and stated that, in fact, he left because there was so much behind-the-scene dramas. The producers were putting him for it to... They were like, you are the sexy one, and like people are going to hit on you, and X, Y, Z. So he had a lot of issues going on, and he said the way that that show is produced, they made him the villain and how they did, and they were like, you are the U.S. version of RuPaul and XYZ. So I don't necessarily know 
if I, I, I now look at it in a different light. I feel like when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago about reality shows and how reality shows are very much produced, Adam and Ashley have definitely yeah. worked in them. And so now I'm looking at it as like, did I hate Jeffrey Bauer as much as I think I did? Because when he would cameo on the American version, I was like, all right, cool. But like, I feel like they tried to, they did try to carbon copy RuPaul. What do you guys think about that? Or maybe- It was all produced. Or maybe he's just saying that because he got bad reviews. I, I mean, mean that maybe true. that could be true too. Yeah. I mean, other but people. But he also talks about like about racism that. and stuff like that. And I know that is just like a trend, not a trend, but more people are speaking out about that. Like uh, that thing, that video you sent me, Darrell, of all the black women from the Arrowverse. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. They they are all speaking out about the microaggressions that they went through on set. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I hear what Brayden's saying about like maybe saying that because of bad reviews, but a couple of drag queens have actually oh. came out in support, um, as well as other judges. Like People are speaking out, and they're like, yeah, Jeffrey was treated bad. And once the bad reviews started coming in from the fans, WOW Presents did nothing. Yeah, They did yeah. nothing to stop. I mean, listen, I understand not liking somebody, but I have to be real blunt. These people were saying, hang this N-word. Like, they were not attacking him based off of, what he was saying to the girls. They were attacking him off of his color. And for me, it's real quick for people to go there. It's real quick for people to real go there. Quick. And it's and, easy. and and uh-huh. WoW Presents did not stand up. And, you know, Candace Patton, who of The Flash, they were talking about it with the CW girls yesterday, all the women of color from that channel. And they were like, listen, we don't want to shit on the place where we work, but there are definitely times where we have been attacked by fans like with very much nastiness, and the network execs did not step up to help. No, they did they not step do. up to do no. anything. Um, and then finally, they got a black showrunner for The Flash who has been like speaking out. They, she was like, we had a cast member on the show who used, who used those words and had written about it, who played um, uh, Hartley Sawyer. They said, we had a cast member who was doing this, and no one did anything about it. When mm-hmm. the new showrunner took over, that cast member was, and they took him off the show. So I think it's very important to acknowledge those and, and try to deal with those. I mean, we talked about, like, the Emmys. Like, there were so many people of brown and, and black that were nominated for a it newspaper. Like a historical it, it was amount. a newspaper article. It was literally supposed to be. It was like, this is what we did to shut y'all up. Y'all say yeah. we don't nominate people, so it's we exactly did it. That's exactly why they did it, just uh-huh. to shut us up. They had no intention of making letting anybody win. Right. They are just like, oh, just throw a few nominations out there. And again, I don't want to take away from people that are white who should have won. Like, that's not what we're talking about. We're not saying give people awards just because they're black or just because they're Spanish or just because they're woman or just because they're gay. No one's asking that. But what we are asking is for actual equal opportunity to really get it. Like, you actually put it, because we know how voting systems work. Trust me. So you are putting people on the stage and saying, like, oh, yeah, anybody, it's anybody's game. It's not. You know who won before (laughs) you put them up there. So I think that's a little bit messy. Yeah, and um, so I think what happened with Jeffrey was he went in, like, was like, I'm going to be myself. I'm excited to, like, do this and, like, be what I was on the American Drag Race for that little stint or whatever. Mm -hmm. And because I was reading a little bit, and basically the producers of American Drag Race were like, yeah, girl, like, come over. We'll do it. Like, it'll be a good time. You know, we'll set you up at, at Canada. You could be a permanent judge. And he's like, all right, that sounds lit. So, but when he arrived, it was to another set of producers who were not very kind. Which is so weird because Canadians are so sweet. Right? Well, these yeah. were not. Brandon and I like, had a great time in Canada. He was no, like, we didn't. Uh, <laughs> drink, right? Not the first it was night. A terrible trip. Oh my God, I no, know. I, you, the second day, 
and the rest of it was great. The first night we had no liquor, so I understand why that was bad. But we had fun at the bar. Yeah, but who like measures the amount of alcohol? They did they measure Utah. They do that in Utah. They did, well, yeah. they're Mormon. I can understand that, but Canadians are supposed to be generous. Well, that's why and they're so who, nice because they don't get so drunk and mean. That's an individual's issue, not a nation's <laughs> issue. And wow. they they shut the bars down at two o'clock. What is this? And LA I'm not in preschool. That. And we were. Well, in, shit, I'm a New Yorker. And it was it was snowing too. It was a lot. It was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Slop up. Anyway, so he came to the producers and he was like, "Um, I don't like this. I don't like doing that." He was. They were like, "Fuck it, get into it, yeah." They're like, "Don't, <laughs> don't care." No, <laughs> they were don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was, eh, eh, eh. That no way. I it honestly sounded like Mardell coming out of you. Mm. Hello, priest. Um, I have been making every. I would ask everyone, have you been watching? But I've been making you all watch. So <laughs> making me do shit. I legitimately want. To no, watch. I did. I, yeah, said, I was in the. Gro- I was in the grocery Braden store. does uh, daily check-ins. No, I, I was grew in a, up watching Mar Devil episodes with my granny. Yeah, no, I was in. I was in the grocery store yesterday. I said, actually, you know who's excited? She said, who? I said, Braden. <laughs> I said, because Braden be messing like he wants yeah. to. He, he, he's like, can you update me on all things Salem? So I gave him a little brief. It's I my childhood. You. Yeah, you need to go out and get some. Double contacts, <laughs> and do. you need to make these videos and put them on TikTok because there's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't do that. People find it freaking hilarious. Yeah. I'm and... nervous for you, just as your publicist. Okay, wow. in this moment in time, not really, just in this moment in time. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. Would the networks appreciate that? Yes. Would so... you be cast? Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So here's a here's Absolutely. a little note. I guess because you're like a would be TikTok famous, and all people want TikTokers. Yeah. yeah. So <sighs> thank you for taking us back to the beginning because that's actually very important. So right you're now, a good place to start. Yeah. <laughs> so Mardevil first aired in 1995. Um, it was supposed to be a short term story that lasted for over a year, and actually this time around they're getting more press about it because if you go to TikTok. They actually have TikTok that Deidre Hall has been like helping them like do like doing little videos and they've been doing like actual Mardevil TikTok videos. And now they have memes too. They're like when someone tells you you have to do this and not that and they're like ha, ha, ha. or when the boy like pulls it out or something and it's so small oh. and it's like get that thing away from me like her lines and everything. She's like get oh, that. Yeah. So like they're doing that. So it's becoming more interactive. So I, I think it's good. I talked to my granny about it and you know listen. Coming from a very religious family, she's like, listen, I like it as entertainment. She said, I think messing with the devil is a little much. She said, but I'm watching it and I love it because, I mean, I know what it is. But, like, do you guys think that, like, that's bad for shows? Like, a lot, Days of Our Lives, I know, do a prayer circle. They did it back in the day and they're doing it now when they're doing the storyline. Do you think that other shows and films should do that? Or how do you feel about invoking that kind of demon stuff in films and horror? I mean, I think, like, on set, like... If during filming, like everybody involved, like with the process, hell yeah, there should be some kind of like protection over there. Like, I mean, you don't want to mess with that stuff and be like careless about it. Now, as far as like watching it on TV, yeah, I don't really think that's necessarily like. No, I mean, I, I guess if you're doing that and doing uh, watching something and doing your own stuff in your home, then yeah, sure, you might conjure up something, but yeah. I think you're safe just watching it, but I think people on set, yeah, man, I mean, you gotta respect the, the spiritual world and, you know, definitely shouldn't be messing around with it. I think. I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you're the Mr. Spiritual. I 
know, but I am Mr. Spiritual, and I totally agree. If this was evening TV, let's all do a prayer circle. The budget for this daytime TV, it's kind of laughable. So, like, there's no need to really take it seriously. That's the whole point of Mar Devil, and the the beauty that Mar Devil is is because it's sort of it's almost like a scary movie take on the daytime soap. I think if you're watching it now, going back to 95, but think about if you were watching it in 95 and... I hear you And, there. like, you know, that, uh, TV has only advanced so much and effects have only advanced so much, so maybe if you're really religious, you, would, you didn't take that as a joke at all. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. In 95, you're right. Yeah, but People now, looking back at 25 years ago, it's... Freaking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. I mean, and a little note uh, before we head out. So on that particular storyline, that storyline actually saved Days of Our Lives from cancellation in 1995. Um, and then... And look at it now. And look at it now. It's all these years later. They're and they've TikTok gotten the, relevant. And they've gotten the two-year renewal, which Days of Our Lives never gets. And they've had a spinoff show. And I think it's the resurgence of soaps. And, you know, I've said this before. People have always clowned soaps. But... If it was not for soaps, you would not have had Game of Thrones. If it was not for soaps, you would not have Law and Order, Grey's Anatomy, Scandal. I mean, the list goes on and mm-hmm. on. All of those are soaps, but just in a different medium. So I think it's important that that's. I mean, you wouldn't honestly have us because soaps actually started on the radio. And, I was just going to say, Guiding Light. Hello. Guy, I mean, like here we. Thank you for knowing that history, sis. Well, I grew up as a soap you, girl. Hello. You did. You did. I mean, we trying to get on one. See if we can do something. I don't know. You are on one. Ash is on one too. I am, but I mean, I want to be permanent. Frank, you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> this has been such a fun episode. I'm so glad we were able to come back and talk. Y'all. Thank you, priest. Thank <laughs> you, Chad King, again. Yes, for thank you so much. And spending a little time with pride. I always think you're going to say, take a little time to enjoy the view. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Guys, please go stream Particles wherever music is sold. Yes. Um, and, and download it, everything. They're such an amazing band. Love Chad, love Ian, and we can't wait that they come back and kiki with us. As always, I am Darrell Anthony. You can find me on Twitter at Darrell Anthony and Instagram. I'm Darrell Anthony. And all over the world, and as usual, Venmo me at Darrell hyphen Anthony. <laughs> you can find me, Adam Andrew Rios, at BoxWineFoppy with a zero on Instagram and Twitter. My Twitter is not safe for work. Still to this day. So I'd be liking some dirty shit. Yeah. Oh my God, literally. And <laughs> Venmo me at Adam A. Rios. It is still my birthday month. It is not. It is literally not. <laughs> Even though it we're going to It is not Leo season at all. At all. <laughs> fuck, them, fuck them lions. Them lion ass lions. Before wow. I tell you who I am, don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment on this episode of Pride the Podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that legal note, Sunny Austin. Um, I'm Mr. You're Braden Bradley. <laughs> yeah. I'm Mr. Braden Bradley. You can follow me on Instagram. You don't need to Venmo me. Just donate to an LGBTQ community of your choice. Okay, well now I can't say Venmo after that. <laughs> wow, he popped a, bu- a bubble. Well, I won't say Venmo, but you can follow me at Ashley Aaron M on all social media, and I'll leave it at that. Braden Bradley. You could just say Venmo the LGBTQ yeah, you charity. Can do that. Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> wow, wow, guys, you can also give us a call. What's the number, guys? 844-25-PRIDE. We fucking finally got it. Almost. Like, we're almost, almost there. We have it's merch. It's we, we Almost. <laughs> almost, though. We have everything there. Please go and buy some shit. We love it. The phone number? 
I, we gave it to him. We sang it. You can't no. buy the merch on the phone number. Right. No, I, oh, I said. No. But if you go to dnrstudios.com slash I'm sorry. Sorry, friend. Sorry, friend. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, they can buy producer. the merch on our phone no, number. No, it's the, it's the edible. Connect with <gasps> the producer. The edible. I yeah. didn't do wine. Fuck this. You want wine? We told you. We told you. And you said. We did a half of a half. We. I I'll look, do a half. Anyway, guys. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, until next time. Until next time, it's Pride, the podcast, 365 days a year. You know us. Celebrate Pride 365. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Keep kissing boys in the street. My son. Keep kissing boys in the street.